Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. You're listening to Rebeau & Co. here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back in. 11 o'clock hour on a Thursday. It's already Thursday. It's weird doing these three-day-a-week shows, but uh, look, if it's offered to me, I will take it. Louis Rebeau, Zach Itchell, hanging out with you. Got you till noon for another hour or so here. Bobby V after us. Roundtable 3 o'clock. We'll go straight into the NC State-Kansas State game in the Pop-Tarts Bowl at 6 o'clock. Uh, Louisville Sports Live from 7 to 9 tonight. Listen to Zach Cantrell talk backup tight ends and transfer portal talk. Uh, is NIL ruining college football? You can go ahead and text them, 8150-939. All right, so um, that might be the phone number. I don't know, but um, <laughs> text her. Uh, Let's get us some text, and then we'll have Jay. Um, okay, cool. Jay will join us in a second here. Jay Davis in his usual spot on Thursday. Waiting to hear what Blake's conspiracy is that caused Louisville to lose to USC last night. Maybe it was Bevan. Man, I'm waiting for the Bevan text. I haven't got him yet. Uh, Texter, uh, I'm out for the U of L basketball season. Call me a bad fan if you want, but I'm following other teams until substantial progress or a change is made. This is the look, and I, I don't want fans to ever apologize to me on this show. I don't think that's the uh, <laughs> not the kind of radio that I want to do. I don't think you're a bad fan either. I think you can love a sport and love a team within it. And then that team pisses you off to the point that you don't watch them very much and you watch other better teams. I think a lot of us have done that. I'm still watching the NBA. You think I'm locked in on the Pistons? Wait, you're not living and breathing with every loss? Do you think growing up for, I don't know, all but two years of my entire life that I liked watching the Lions? What were the two years you liked? Uh, They made the playoffs in the early 90s. That's right. Well, I liked all of the seasons with Barry Sanders, let's be clear. Okay. But it wasn't like they were going to make the playoffs. So you didn't curse Scott Mitchell? <laughs> That's my boy. What are you doing? Uh, Texter, uh, Brown was uh, trying to mask Plummer's flaws. I know, man. I know. I know. And it, it, that that quarterback room is crowded but not deep, Kevin. it's That's the interesting thing. I'm a little worried about Tyler Shook for next year. Hopefully uh, that happens. But also, we're also I, I in my head, I got to remind myself, Pierce Clarkson's like 18 or 19. Like those those development jobs take a long time, and so I'm not 
I think he's got a good uh, a good chance to be a really good quarterback in college. Texter Isaac Grando. I did see this text last night, uh, this tweet last night. This is from Kelly Dickey, obviously real card game on Twitter. Uh, led Louisville both in rushing and receiving, and also had 38 yards on two kickoff returns. He set a new U of L bowl record with 241 all-purpose yards, surpassing a man named Lamar Jackson in the 2015 Music City Bowl. How about that? Uh, the top five list already coming in for Jay, so that's a good time to bring him in here. Audra Robo and Coe's Jay Davis at Jay Davis underscore 1981 on Twitter. Find his stuff, especially NBA stuff, up at First Gen Sports, one stgensports.com. I do all my horse racing writing there as well. My derby uh, top fives have all started there. Um, it's getting to be that time, though, Jay. I'm doing two horse racing interviews today. Um, I'm going to mention two things, and you tell me if you knew they existed or not. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so uh, I'm doing a 3 o'clock sit-down with uh, someone you probably know. His name is Steve Kornacki. He's the khakis and rolled-up sleeves guy on MSNBC. Have you seen mm-hmm. him before? Uh, he's yeah, a big yeah. Ho- yeah, he's for sure. Big old horse racing nerd. He and I were, uh, uh, we're, we're in the same class for the National Turf Riders and Broadcasters. How about that? And so uh, he's been on the show before. He's doing a, uh, we're doing a half-hour one-on-one about the Eclipse Awards. Jay, do you know what the Eclipse Awards are? I do not. Okay, so there you go. And then I'm doing a 7 o'clock show for the Road to the Preakness. We've started doing these shows, uh, qualifying for the, the Preakness. I imagine you've heard of the Preakness. Did you know there was a road to the Preakness? I did not, but that kind of made, that makes sense. It you does know, make sense. The race, That's right. There you go. So, all right. Well, Jay Davis with us. Um, I, you know, I want to go to this. It's something. It's NFL-related, but it's something we talked about in the last segment where, you know, there are now articles on ESPN.com and in other places where there's a conversation about being the best team in the NFL, getting into the heads of the players of the Baltimore Ravens. Is that is that at all a concern for you? Because it is not for me. And frankly, I find Lamar Jackson's maturity to have accelerated the last year more than I thought it would. I'm also not worried about the Ravens at all. I think they showed that they're absolutely a title contender the other day against San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's football. Like, if you look at the way, particularly this year's gone with all the quarterback injuries and, you know, go back to the first week of the season with the Jets losing Aaron Rodgers and beating Buffalo. And then you have, you know, games like like Baltimore. Baltimore, their three losses, they led late. Like, I think they've led every game, you know, every game they played this year, all 15 games at least like to the five minute mark of the fourth quarter and they have three losses. So they're losing games late. Um, you know, you have that weird Kansas city loss to Denver, you know, where they had five turnovers. So it's, I don't, I don't, I don't think in particularly in pro football, I don't think that happens where, right. you know, having the best record goes to a team's head, you know, one, you know, it always goes back to, you know, contracts not being guaranteed. So every week you're playing for your job and you know, you don't get this like, not every team, not every franchise is going to be the Patriots or, you know, the 49ers or the 80s or the Steelers or the 70s where you know, where you have this, you know, this program where you're, where you're expected to win every year. When you get a chance to win a Super Bowl, you know, you don't take that for granted. So, I, I, like, I don't think that – I don't really think that things going to your head applies to NFL, to me at least. I'm – you know, the other part of it is, in the NFL especially, dude, you can get – you can get hurt if you're not ready, right? I mean, like legit, if you're not if you're not full speed ready to go, someone in the NFL can really hurt you, and not because they're trying to, just because they're 
you know, they're running four five forties and they weigh three hundred pounds. Right? I mean, like, it's just not a sport and not a yeah. league for sure. Where I mean, you can just take any kind of time off or, or let your guard down in any case because you're just going to get popped, man. Yeah, and you know, with the all twenty two and all the film and cameras, hundreds of cameras at every game, you can see when that happens. Like you know, before yes. the ba- before the uh, before the Steelers, you know, won last weekend in Cincinnati. For a whole week, everybody was talking about, you know, George Pickens not blocking down on the goal line and, you know, how he could have got somebody hurt. He said, you know, he, I didn't want to get hurt myself. And, you know, he, he was just being honest. But, yeah, you can you, – all of that stuff is visible. You can tell when guys take plays off in the NFL. And, you know, that's not – you know, that's something that they don't take lightly in that league. Jay Davis with us. Uh, you can find his stuff at First Gen Sports. All right. So, I – um you know, we watched the Holiday Bowl around here last night. I have no idea – um, if you have started to live in, in the world where you do radio in Louisville, so you feel like you have to watch these games. But uh, we, we had the holiday yeah, ball last it. Okay, there you go. And, you know, I had a couple of takeaways from it last night, Jay. I thought that if you took away the records and the rankings and the, you know, just put one team in all white uniforms and one team in all, I don't know, all blue uniforms or something and didn't know who they were, and you just watched that game last night, you would point at USC and say, they just have more dudes than Louisville does. And Jeff Brom has been really active in the transfer portal here and has done, frankly, an admirable job. He's top five in every list that I can find as far as transfer portal rankings for next season and has shown, with especially with certain position groups, that he thinks he's got to get more guys in certain spots for his offense to work, for his defense to work, etc. Do you agree with my assessment there? And the second part, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you go on that and then I have a, a question follow up on that. Yeah, you know, they had a – the season didn't end well for them. You know, they lost three games in a row. But – and, you know, there's there's some talent there. Obviously, you know, you don't win sure, 10 games on accident. But, you know, just looking at last night in particular, I think what that really came down to was, you know, they couldn't get any – they could – their defensive line couldn't generate any pressure and that kind of just exposed, yep. you know, the talent in the secondary, you know, more so than anything. That was my main takeaway from that game is that – Louisville's defensive line couldn't generate any pressure and then the secondary got exposed. That's really all it was. You know, yeah, USC, you know, they, they, they're always going to have talent. You know, that talent isn't always, you know, coached up like, you know, this year particularly. I know they won 11 games last year, but this year, you know, they were lucky to get to eight. But, you know, just from thinking about last night, I think that came down to one thing and it was a lack of, you know, uh, pressure that Louisville, Louisville was able to generate with their defensive line. Jay Davis with us. I said the only real negative – is college football in its current manifestation, and it's been like this for a long time, really loves its preseason polls, <laughs> right? And they stick by them, and, and, oh, they were preseason top 10 and blah, 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 and all this stuff. You hear that over and over in college football, I think much more than you do in other sports. You know, in basketball, if Florida Atlantic makes the Final Four, none of us goes, well, you know, well, ah. No, they made the Final Four. They get to hang a banner. It is what it is. Um, I thought that this yeah. was this was a tough loss for Louisville because for early season polls next year, you're going to have a team that lost three straight. Just within the ACC, for example, Florida State's going to be ranked ahead of them. NC State has a chance at 10 wins and to end the season with five straight wins mm-hmm. just within the ACC. Clemson is Clemson, right? SMU comes in right now. They're 11-2. and two. They have a chance to beat Boston College to win 12 games this year. I know that's in the American, but they went undefeated there. Uh, and that's just in their conference and just on their schedule next year. Am I crazy to think that that's the biggest downside from last night is the is the projection of the preseason poll for next year and trying to position themselves for a 12-team playoff? 
Well, I mean, yeah, but you know, with the way the rankings are set up now, particularly with the playoff, you know, those come out at in late October, early November. So, sure. good point. You know, I think you know, regardless regardless of the preseason ranking, a lot of teams just say, all right, you know, we're, we might be number twenty two or we might not be ranked, but we if we take care of our business, if we're seven and one, eight and zero, particularly in a power, you know, power three, power four conference now. You know, we'll be, you know, in that top 12, top 13 with a chance to get into the playoffs. So, you know, yeah, the preseason, the preseason rankings are nice for us to talk about and, you know, you know, fodder for radio shows and TV shows and things like that. But I can tell you right now, you know, I can tell you right now who I I can't tell you in order, but I can tell you who the top five is going to be next year. Sure. You know, it's going to be some combination of Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, Michigan, probably Texas, you know, you know, because they'll all have you know, quarterbacks coming back for the most part. So yep. that that's going to be the top five. And then, you know, you just go from there. So I look at it like this now, you know, particularly with the playoff expanding to 12, it's, you know, take care of business those first seven, eight weeks of the season. And you and then you put yourself in position for a shot at the playoff. Jay Davis with us. Um, yeah. Has anything stood out in the bowl season so far? Are you paying much attention or are you getting ready? Are you waiting for, for, for next week? Uh, you know, there's a couple of results that, that – couple of the early results that stood out to me, you know, UCLA, you know, I know they're got some stuff going on with Chip Kelly there, you know, quarterback transferred to Oregon, Dante Moore. And, you know, going into that game, they, they played Boise State. I thought Boise would beat them, you know, just with the momentum they had, you know, coming out of the conference championship game, um, you know, coach getting a full-time job and stuff like that. And UCLA kind of smoked, you know, they smoked Boise. I was a little shocked by that. I was shocked, you know, frankly, last night, you know, by how well USC played, you know, just given, you know, you, you always have those teams, a lot of bowl games now, particularly with how the playoff has kind of, you know, diminished some of the non-playoff games, you know, you get, there's always a team where, you know, uh, they don't want to be there. You know, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it was what Teddy Bridgewater was a quarterback and they were playing Florida. And a lot of people say, well, Florida didn't want to be in that game. You know, that's just a, you know, just, just one of the local examples, but you know, I thought that might have been the case with the USC and, you know, clearly it wasn't, you know, so I was I was a little shocked by that. There's actually a game going on right now, one that just started. Boston College has basically got a home game. Um, you know, the, the really good one starts this afternoon. There's a couple of rank versus rank matchups later tonight and yeah, you know, I'm getting you know getting geared up for the rest of them in this weekend. Yeah, the good thing about last night, especially for those of us who were just observing the game, was that both teams did give a damn, right? I mean, that they actually did want to be there. It seemed, and the guys that were in the game uh, were either auditioning or were you know something else in, in that game last night. And so, no, just an interesting juxtaposition of those games against others. Uh, texts are starting to come in four three seven nine six eighty. Go ahead and and get those in here. Uh, for Jay as well. we got someone who's texted the show for the first time ever, and I appreciate those people. Um, who said uh, Louisville won like three games last year? Actually, they were eight and five. Okay, um, anyways. Um, let's get over to the basketball side because my Pistons have now set the, the loss record in the NBA. And uh, <laughs> someone who has never texted the show uh, before sends one of the saddest tweet, uh, texts I've ever seen, and I'm kidding, of course. Uh, do 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 a two seven zero. Appreciate you hanging out with the show and finding us here four three seven nine six eighty on our UPS job sex line. Jay, who wins more games this year, the Pistons or the U of L Cardinals? The Pistons have fifty games left, have two wins. The Cardinals have thirty uh, twenty games left, excuse me, and they have five wins. How many games are the Pistons going to win this year? Okay, so <laughs> you know, I would. I, I think right now the Pistons are on. I check. So my my go to sports app is CBS Sports, okay. and for some reason every day when I check, you know, I check the standings, 
I go to their win projection, and right now they're still projecting the Pistons to win 18 games, and I think that's insane. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to win. You know, I, I want to say they're probably going to set the record. You know, I think it was like the 72, 73, 71, 72 Sixers that went 9 and 73. I think they're going to at least match that, if not, you know, quote unquote, beat it. Um, you know, just because the, the roster, the roster construction, I'm not sure. You know, I, I hate to say this because it's early in his tenure. I'm not sure how how much Monty Williams is into this job, you know, just with mm. some things he's done with the lineups and the young players. And, you know, I was at his, you know, introductory press conference sure. and he did mention, that, you know, they were honest about it. You know, that contract, you know, he couldn't say no to that. So, right. you know, you just you just think about those those few things. And that's kind of a recipe for disaster. They have some trades that could be made. They got some guys that people would want. Um, I really feel bad for Cade Cunningham. You know, he's starting to come on. He's shooting better. Yep. He had a bit of a turnover problem early in the season, but I think that's because, you know, he was asked to do way too much. He was trying to do everything because he knows he – because he thinks he has to as a guy that was a number one pick a couple years ago. But, yeah, they, there's – looking at their schedule now, I think they might – they play the Spurs on January 10th. That'll probably be their next win. That means they probably lose 34 games in a row, which will surpass the longest winning streak in the league. That would be one game more than the longest winning streak in league history over the course of one season, which, you know, the 72 Lakers set. So I don't know. They're really bad. It's this is a bad year to be this bad because the draft isn't great. So, I, you know, I don't know how they're going to improve the team. Like I said, they do have some tradable pieces, but, you know, I don't know what they want to get back, you know, with especially now, you know, Troy Weaver. This is like year four, year five yeah, for right. him. And, you know, I don't think he's. You know, that's do, as a GM, do you want to do you want to trade for players, you know, to try to help the team get better or do you want to trade for because a lot of times, you know, GMs want to trade for draft picks because yep. you can sell that to fans, you know, and try to keep your job for a few more years. So I don't know. I don't know what direction they go in, but they have to do something. Uh, Fenway Bowl right now, 40 and rain. Uh, would you rather sit outside in 40 and rain or 30 and snow? Oh, 30 and snow. Yeah, it's not even close. All right. So, you know, the snow, the snow's pretty. You know, it looks like a snow globe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to sit in the rain. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, Jay Davis with us. Who's who's having actually a worse season this year? The Spurs at 4-25 and 25 with Wemba Yunama or the Pistons at 2-28? and 28? It's, it's hard to, you know, I think, you know, I think the Spurs and the Wizards are like, you know, just counting their blessings that the Pistons have had. This, I you agree. Know, even if the Pistons – you know, had lost like 15, 16 in a row and they had three or four wins, you know, because, you know, the Wizards made, you know, some moves. I know they traded away Brad Bill, you know, just to get off of that contract. But, you know, you bring in Jordan Poole as a young guy who you think is going to, you know, at least kind of be the face of the franchise. Kyle Kuzma was a good player. Uh, you know, Tyus Jones, to me, the last few years and while he was in Memphis, was the best backup point guard in the NBA. And now, you know, he's a starter. Um, you know, they've got a lot of high draft picks that they've had, you know, in Denny Abja. Uh, Johnny Davis hasn't turned off for them. He was a top 10 pick last year from Wisconsin. Um, the Spurs, you know, if you look at Greg Popovich's non-Tim Duncan years, they they haven't been great. You know, they had, the, they had the one run to the West Finals in 2017 with Kawhi, but he got hurt game one when they were up big. Um, you know, they, make the, they found ways to make the playoffs, you know, a couple times since Tim Duncan's retired, but they haven't been very good. So, I, I don't know. You know, all three of those teams are pretty much in the same boat. You know, they have – I, actually, I think Washington's in the worst boat out, boat out of all of them because the Spurs can lean on, hey, we got Victor Wembanyama, he's going to turn into something right. great, and the Pistons can do that with Cade. The Wizards, the Wizards don't have anybody to do that with. I think the bet, the worst situation out of all three of those is the situation in Washington. 
There you go. All right. Well, um, Jay Davis with us. We'll take our first break of this hour. One more segment with Jay. Jay, you have been tasked with the following top five for today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's okay. Go. So Jay over the summer did a very good piece on first gen in a series, I should say, on his favorite or what he would consider the best players of each decade in professional basketball. I cannot suggest it enough. A week like this, especially if you're on vacation, doing a little staycation, something like that, that is fantastic reading for this kind uh, this time of year. Throw out a bowl game in the background. Uh, grab uh, Jay's uh, articles there at First Gen and go read about his favorite uh, players from those different decades. A nice write-up about Issel, by the way, in one of those. Uh, wants to know your top five college players of the 1980s disregarding good or bad NBA careers. That is Jay's list. We will get into that later. Second hour of our show is presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky. DeltaDentalKY.com. Check them out for plans for you, yourself, your employees, your family, whatever you need. Nationwide Network of Dentists. All that available at DeltaDentalKY.com. On the other end, I want to ask him about John Moran. I want to ask him about running backs in college uh, and whether they should just stay there and get NIL money instead of going to the NFL. Uh, We'll talk about it next here. ESPN 680-1057. You are listening to Rabot and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now... Here's Louis Rabot. Oh, little dad air guitar to bring us back here in the 11 o'clock hour. Louis Rabot, Jay Davis, Zach Cantrell hanging out with you, Rabot and Co. Here, 11 o'clock hour, presented by our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky, deltadentalky.com. Also, do I have wing zone music? Is that a thing? Do I do? What a, what, a, what, a, what a beautiful artistic expression this show is. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, that's right. We do have this terrible music for this. Uh... <laughs> I want to thank Adam and his staff for dropping off Wing Zone Catering to the ESPN Louisville Studios, man. Great. Honestly, if you're going to a New Year's Eve party, a plate of boneless wings is going to make you a very popular person. Let's be honest about what this is. Um, Check them out for lunch, dinner, those parties, whatever you're doing. Check out their new chicken sandwich. You can uh, pair it with any of their great sauces there. Uh, Cannot recommend uh, the Cajun uh, sauce is enough over there with our friends at Wings Zone. They've got the three area locations uh, for our friends in the South End on Dixie Highway in front of Holy Cross High School. Of course, just outside of Poplar Level, or excuse me, outside of Audubon Park on Poplar Level and Hudsinger Lane there in Hikes Point. WingZone.com. Tons of deals on the website as well. Check them out. Really, really appreciate that. One of our favorite lunches around here at ESPN Louisville. So Jay Davis is with us for the second hour of the show as he is every Thursday. Uh, tons of texts coming in now, 437-9680. Uh, Chris Jackson has to be in the top five list for the 80s. Is a top three college player of my lifetime. I was born in 1977. Along with Christian Leitner and Glenn Robinson at Purdue, uh, Jay Williams would make that list for me as well. Texter, I'm pretty sure Kenny Payne uh, in disguise. Oh, I don't know what that's for. Uh, Texter, I'm not reading that Wait, one. Wait, you don't think Kenny Payne's one of the five greatest players of the 80s? I don't, but I'll ask Jay Davis. Um, so we we talked off air about the list of guys in the 80s in college. And man, you could go a lot of different directions. I know Jay, for example, and it's something I appreciate about him. You think the all-NBA team should go away from, we have to have two guards, two forwards, and a center, right? 
Yeah, it should just be it's, the five best players. That, right? To me, that should always that should always be a snapshot of who the five best guys were over the course of the season. It should, regardless of position, you know, some some years it'll be three or four centers, some years it'll be three or four guards, but it should just be the five best players. Well, there you go. All right, so who are your five best players from the '80s in college? As we lean on Jay for yet another top five list here, a Rabone Co. ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. All right. So it's regardless of, you know, NBA career. Yes. So number one is obviously going to be Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson is easily the best college player in the eighties. He won three straight player of the years, you know, first team all America three years in a row, ACC player of the year, three years in a row. Yep. Um, you know, they, they're, they didn't win a national title, but you know, he was clearly, I think he up until that point, he was probably, you know, the most highly recruited college player, you know, ever, maybe since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but you know, easily for me, it's it's Ralph Sampson. Number two, in my opinion, is Patrick Ewing. Um, you know, Patrick Ewing. You know, just I I don't know. He Patrick Ewing was one of the first guys when I was little. I used to think Georgetown was an HBCU because I can never remember them <laughs> seeing having a you know seeing a, a white guy on their basketball team under Big John Thompson. But oh, you know, right. he was a force. You know, I remember those. I remember you know his freshman his freshman year along with Michael Jordan. You know that that national title game. I think it was like. He had four or five goal tens called on him in the first like six or seven minutes of that game. But you know, first team All Big East three times. Uh, he won Big East Defensive Player of the Year every year he was in school. He won Big East Player of the Year his last two years, All American three times, College Player of the Year in '85, um, '84. The year you know Big John Thompson got his title, he was the you know national the Outstanding Player of the Year. Obviously, he went on to have a Hall of Fame NBA career, but. You know, that was just during that that peak where, you know, centers dominated up until, you know, like the mid 90s, I would get I would say. And, you know, Patrick Ewan was just, you know, he was just unreal. If his knees had held up, he probably, you know, had a much better NBA career and he's already a Hall of Famer. Um, next, I'll go with another guy that, you know, led a team to a title, Danny and the Miracles, Danny Manning. Yep. Um, Danny Manning, you know, he he was another he had a solid NBA career, but, you know, he's most known for his run at Kansas. He won conference player of the year three times, um, got his jersey retired. He was All-American three years, first team twice, national college player of the year in 88, most outstanding player, you know, 88. He carried that team to the national championship, you know, that, that and, I, and I don't think, you know, I don't think we'll ever see a run like that again. I know Kimball Walker, you know, hitting big shots, a couple other guys, but Danny Manning carried them. Um, another one that I think is kind of, it may throw some people, um, David Robinson, you know, at Navy, you know, he, while he was at Navy, he got in 1986, he got Navy to the Elite Eight. You know, that could be the, I could just go with that and that would be it. But, you know, he won Conference Player of the Year in the CAA three times. He was, you know, All American in 1987. He won National College Player of the Year at Navy. You know, he led, he led the country in blocks twice. Um, you know, that's another, you know, amazing guy. And then he, you know, then he did his years of service for three years before he, two years before he got to the NBA. David Robinson, was obviously you know unbelievable and last but not least is probably the greatest basketball player of all time michael jordan um you know you, you, we all know about the shot he hit in 82 there's you know several grainy highlights of him you know just <laughs> on fast breaks just doing ducks that nobody had ever seen before um you know he didn't make all he didn't make you know first team all acc all three years but his sophomore and junior years he did he won acc player of the year his junior year first team all american you know two years in a row um, you know, led the 84 Olympic team to gold medal, national player of the year, 84, um, obviously went on to be the best, you know, basketball player ever, but you know, yeah, my, I have Michael Jordan there. I know, you know, you could in the eighties, you know, you could go with five centers, you know, I thought about Hakeem Olajuwon, they just didn't win enough for me. 
Um, James Worthy, you know, I, I also thought about um, Lynn Bias, I consider, mm. uh, you know, just just there's there's so many guys, you know, Chris Marlin at St. John's. I thought about Danny Ferry, um, Danny Angel, BYU was awesome. So there's, you know, the eight, that was a loaded. I think oh. I think that might have been the last loaded decade of like great. You know, we had great guys in the 90s, but I don't think there were nearly as many in the 90s as there were in the 80s. Uh, and guys, <coughs> and, they, and they would stick around too, right? So you'd get that many years of excellence of those guys at places like Georgetown and Houston and different places. Uh, Texture reminding us that David Robinson dropped a 40-burger on UK at Rupp. Yeah, no, the dude the dude was unbelievable in college. And you knew, that's the thing about him playing at Navy is, you knew it was him and no one else. It, it, David, as Booker McFarlane would say, David Robinson and a bunch of dudes. And so uh, you knew he was going to, and it didn't matter. He's still going to score 40 at Rupp. Pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. So do the top five for us without explanation. What was it again? Ralph Sampson, Patrick Ewing, Danny Manning, David Robinson, Michael Jordan. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Was Shaquille O'Neal's first year 89? 88-89? I can't remember now. No, yeah, 89 90. Okay, there it is. Yeah, Man, he got man. drafted in 92. <laughs> Loaded, dude. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> All right, Roboco, we got uh got Jay Davis with us. Uh, let's go to the NFL real quick. Um, obviously, you're in one of the the hotbeds of the NFL now. Um, are, obviously, people excited about the division win for the Lions, and it's been interesting watching people uh, in the national media, but also just sort of in general on social media. How happy for Detroiters people are that the Lions are worth a damn. Uh, I've gotten a lot of people who are very complimentary of the Lions and make fun of me for not believing in them, which I still don't, by the way. Uh, they could probably win the Super Bowl, and I still have years of watching Barry Sanders not win anything. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally, completely jaded. Uh, <laughs> they win the division first time uh, since I was in middle school, Jay. Do you think they have a shot at the one seed? Yeah, I mean, if they were playing anybody other than Dallas, I'd I'd think I'd believe they could win tonight. That, I know that line's you know Dallas minus six, you know, which is pretty high. But Dallas is like Jekyll Hyde home versus home, road. Yes. You know, they, yep. they're unbelievable at home. They average like forty points at home and twenty on the road. So you know, I don't really have high expectations from this this game. I I do know that they have the personnel to do what Dallas doesn't like. They. It would with Jameer Gibbs and you know David Montgomery, they could just punch Dallas in the mouth, and I don't I don't think they'd be able to take that. I'm not sure if that's what they'll do, mm. you know. But I I don't really have high hopes for them winning this game. I think they'll beat Minnesota at home next week. That'll be a a crazy crowd, you know, week yes. before their first home playoff game in you know 30 seasons since you know since the Brett Favre Sterling Sharp game. Um, you know, it's football. You know, things change every week. You know, I I would give them a chance to you know, win at least one playoff game. I don't think they can beat San Francisco. I'll be honest, the only thing I don't think, the only team I don't think they could beat in the playoffs is the 49ers. And, you know, just because, you know, their schemes and, you know, the personnel they have on both sides of the ball and, you know, the fact that they'd have to go out go out to, you know, San Francisco for that game. But in the playoffs, you know, Philly's proven that, you know, they're not as good as last year. Dallas is Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they Dallas would have to come to Detroit for a playoff game if they, you know, if they meant the playoffs. Um, a lot of people are worried about, you know, them playing the Rams just, just with the Stafford thing coming, sure. you know, Stafford coming back, you know, Jared Goff playing against his former team. But, you know, the Rams have been a nice story. You know, it's, it's been nice to see, you know, Stafford be healthy for a lot of this season. But, you know, them coming here, 
you know, just just the way that crowd would be, I I think they would, you know, I think the Lions would get that game. But you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, I I, I don't think they could win the Super Bowl, but I think they could probably get to the NFC title game. You know, my uh, my producer here, Zach, is is an NFL head, and he asked me the other day, what would Stafford's reception be if he came back to Detroit? And I told him, essentially, Stafford could kick a puppy, and they would still cheer him in Detroit. Do you agree with my assessment there? Uh, maybe not the puppy kicking part, but certainly I just, you know, the guy so clearly played hurt. His wife did a ton of good stuff uh, in Detroit as far as, you know, philanthropic work and all that kind of stuff. To me, he's one of those guys. People were legitimately excited that he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember the year they won that, the Rams won that Super Bowl, the people were wearing like Detroit. There were stores here selling Detroit, Detroit Rams, Rams t-shirts, yeah. selling out of them. So, so just you know, just think about that for yeah. a second. Yeah, you know, he'd get a he'd get a huge reception here. You know, he was you know piloting a bunch of really bad teams. You know, he got you know a couple. You know, he played in the playoffs a couple of times. You know, 2014, uh, 2016, I think 2011. They got they got to they got to the playoffs three times with Matt Stafford. But yeah, he, you know, he was really good for a long time. I uh, I didn't. I will be honest. I didn't really appreciate him. You know, while he was here, you know, just just from a standpoint of, well, you know, if he's so good, you know, why aren't they, you know, why aren't they better overall? But, you know, that's that's not on him. You know, he played hurt a lot. I remember, you know, that Cleveland Browns game where he went out, you know, with like a dislocated shoulder or something, you know, and, you know, let a game win and drive. That was early in his career. But, yeah, they yeah, they would fans would, you know, absolutely give him a standing ovation if he came back. All right. So Texer asked an important question after your. Uh, after your top five list of players in the 80s, and you said you thought that that was probably where college basketball had one of its very best decades. Uh, the texter asked, in the 90s and on, was it player ceilings coming down or was it the overall floor of the sport coming up? And I want to give a for instance on this question because I think it's the floor was raised from what college basketball was previously as opposed to the ceiling coming down because I don't think the players are worse now uh, than they were in the 80s, for example. I'll give you an example. It's col- it's women's college basketball. Because for years it was just, okay, Tennessee and a bunch of teams, and then it was UConn and a bunch of teams. And then even recently it was South Carolina and a bunch of teams. But now we're seeing, you know, it used to be if you filled out a bracket for the women's tournament, you could just put ones and two seats in there and be done with it. And now we're seeing teams mm-hmm. all over the country, including across the street. Jeff Wall's done a great job with the women's program here. I think, you know, and so we're watching the floor and then obviously, you know, Caitlin Clark and Iowa and all those sorts of things and in places where we haven't seen great women's basketball, we're seeing it improve all over the country. I think that's what happened on the men's side as well. It just happened 40 years ago, which is all of these teams got better. The the number of very good basketball players in this country and how they were trained and how they came up, it just grew exponentially. Do you agree with that assessment or do you think it's a little bit of both that ceiling coming down and the floor coming up? I think it's a little bit of both, you know, okay. just from a standpoint of, you know, we, you know, the nineties was, you know, you freshmen and sophomores leaving, you know, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, guys not sticking around as long, you know, just to have that personality there. And I think that's, that's continued, you know, to where we are now, you know, I mean, there are a lot of great, you know, college basketball players on the men's side, but I don't know anything about them. You know, I know a lot about Angel Reese, Haley Van Lith, Caitlin Clark, you know, uh, Cameron Brink at Stanford, you know, I know who they all are. I know a lot about them. And that's because, you know, they've stuck around, you know, they, I know the way it's structured, you know, you're not, you're not leaving, you know, you know, you're not leaving Iowa. Caitlin Clark's not leaving early to, you know, make, you know, 250 grand in WNBA or go overseas. So, 
you know, they stick around more, you know, you get to learn more about them, that personality is there, you have that backing, you know, whereas, you know, they're, they're obviously in college, it's a lot of backing the program and love for the school, but on the women's college basketball side, there's, there's more, you know, oh my God, I love Caitlin Clark, you sure. know, I love Angel Reese, you know, just, yep. just more backing the players now than there is on the mid side. All right. Uh, good stuff. I appreciate the textures getting in. Four three seven nine six eighty. It's our UPS jobs text line. You are always welcome to join us on the show. Someone texting in about the uh, the Lions' path to the one seed uh, versus, say, the Eagles, for example. Um, look, I, I think if you're the Lions, you just worry about winning the next two games, and then you know wherever things fall, you just you worry about it that way. Um, last thing, and I'll get you out of here. Antonio Pierce is getting a lot of praise for his work with the Raiders and improving their, you know, overall standing as a team. And I do think it's it's notable and I think he deserves a lot of credit for it. But man, we've seen so many examples over the years, Jay, of guys coming in on an interim basis and and doing something in the short term that would be very difficult to to replicate long term. Uh the reason it's an interesting conversation around here, of course, is because, you know, hey, why fire Kenny Payne? Right now, it's not going to do anything for the program to have an interim in. They're not going to change anything, blah, blah, blah. And then Antonio Pierce's example comes along, and it's it's a different thing. Do you think he's the long-term answer there, or did they just happen to get a scoop and score and a, a pick six within 10 seconds and win a game in, in Kansas City? Yeah, you, you have to look at their schedule since, you know, they had a bye week 13. you got to remember, you know, three weeks ago, they lost a the game three to nothing at home. You know, you got to think about, you know, that part of it. Um, you know, didn't they blow out the Chargers, you know, when that team is, you know, going in the toilet, you know, that win over Kansas City was awesome. But, you know, that was two defensive touchdowns. Their offense scored six points in that game, you know, so I'm not sure. And then, you know, they got a tough game Saturday there at Indy and then they got, and then they have Denver, you know, the last week of the season with Denver deciding to, you know, play a backup quarterback just so they don't have to, you know, pay Russell Wilson anymore. So right. I don't know, you know, it seems like, you know, you, it's it's tough to say, you know, that he's energized, you know, the team that much. Obviously, that Chargers win, you know, was huge. But, you know, they did they lost a game at home three to nothing three weeks ago. Yes, and, right. you know, you saw last year, you know, you saw last year with Jeff Saturday on, you know, getting yeah. an interim job in Indianapolis. They they win their first game and then they don't win another game, you know. So, you know, these I, I don't know, you know, you, and the thing, you know, coach contracts are guaranteed in the NFL. So if they give him, you know, a four or five year deal. And they're not any good, you know, next year, you know, what happens then? So I don't, I don't know, you know, they need to draft a quarterback. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Devontae Adams is going to be there next year. You know, Max Crosby might not be there next year. I don't, you know, Josh Jacobs is getting older. So I don't know, you know, it's, you know, clearly he wanted a job, you know, he's a, you know, he was a Raider family. Yeah. He was a kid. He's yep. kind of, you know, like you said, brought some energy there, but I'm just not, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to say if he's a long-term answer, you know, cause they, like I said, you know, they they won two games in a row, you know, under some, you know, weird circumstances. I know you, you take the win any way you can get it, but I'm just not, you know, totally sure. I would like to see him get a shot. You know, yeah, that would that would be great. You know, I think there should be more former players that get, you know, head coaching jobs in the NFL. But, you know, I don't know, you know, it's just, you know, wait to see with me. You know, if they find they they still they're still math, mathematically in the playoff race. If they find a way to get in the playoffs, obviously I think he should get the job. I I think he should be you know, one of the top two or three candidates for the job, you know, clearly those players are playing for him. You know, they like him, you know, as a coach. And I think that should factor into it, but I, I just, I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, interim, 
interim jobs in the middle of the season are you know just weird sometimes. So I don't I don't know how they should you know proceed with that. Jay Davis with us at Jay Davis underscore nineteen eighty one on Twitter. We'll take a break here. Jay, when we come back, I'm going to ask you about John Morant, and then did you see the the basketball program tiers on the athletic yesterday? Yes, I did. Okay. We're going to talk about those two things. Second hour of our show presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky, deltadentalky.com. Hey, if you're a dentist, check out the Dentist Tools tab at the top of the homepage, and you can expand your practice with our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. Quick break. Right back. We'll finish up the show here on Robo Co. ESPN 680, 105.7. Yeah, here we go for the hundred times. You are listening to Rabo & Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here on a Thursday show. We'll be back with you tomorrow on Friday as well. We'll take a couple days off next week. Zach, you got to remind me um, what our days off next week. Are we in on Tuesday? I actually don't I remember. I believe we are. We are awesome. not in on Monday. Okay, of course. Uh, New Year's Day, we will be off, but back on Tuesday. Good. A little four-day week next week. I think we're in Tuesday. I don't have the schedule beyond Monday, but I'm pretty sure we're Awesome. In All right. Well, well uh, if anyone at this station is listening, go ahead and tell me what's going on. Louis <laughs> Rabot, Jay Davis hanging out with you. we got about 10 minutes here. Bobby V after us, roundtable, 3 o'clock. All right. Um, John Morant, real quick. Um, uh, player of the week. They're, they win their fourth straight game with him. They're Probably Jay not going to make the playoffs. Just such a hill to climb with how they started the season. How good is Ja? Does he need to still be celebrating with gun-related um, celebrations? Yeah, that celebration, you know, it's been interesting to hear him talk about it. Apparently, they were in New Orleans playing the Pelicans. And apparently, that's a dance that, you know, the LSU football, LSU wide receivers okay. have been doing all season. And, it, you know, and there's been no talk about, oh, why are they, you know, shooting off guns after they score a touchdown? So, you know, we got to pump the brakes a little bit on that. It's, it's not like, you know, I remember when, uh, you know, after the Gilbert Arenas incident, there's a right. picture of him. You could find it, you know, that's probably the first picture you find if you Google search Gilbert Arenas, you know, of him doing that, you know, during team introductions. And I think he got suspended right after that. But um, they won four in a row since he got back. Clearly, you know, he's been a, you know, spark for him. Um, they, you know, I think in order for them to get to 500, they'd have to go. I, I think I figured it out like 31 and 22 the rest of the way or 30, 32 and 22 the rest of the way. And, you know, that's not really that difficult when you consider that they've won, you know, like 20 out of 25 at various points over the last couple of years. So I think they had, I think, you know, as long as he's healthy and Desmond Bain's healthy and Jaron Jackson stays healthy, I think you know, they'll have a chance to climb up the standards. I'd be surprised if they, I think they, you know, they could make the play in and, and then win the play in. I don't think they'll make that top six, you know, and, you know, get a buy essentially through the play in. But I think, you know, with him playing as well as he has and, you know, being the guy, you know, to close out close games for him, like he's done so far this season, I think, you know, that, that gives him a shot right there. All right, the Blue Bloods conversation got the uh, text line going yesterday, 4379680. Obviously, this is Dana O'Neill et al. At the, um, at the Athletic. They have Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, UCLA, and UConn in their Blue Bloods. Uh, tier 2A is Arizona, Indiana, Louisville, Michigan State, and Villanova. And then they have Gonzaga in that second tier, which pisses me off, but we'll talk about it in a second. Y- yeah, tier by themselves. Which is annoying, um, and Gonzaga is already no annoying. So, yeah, right. It's already annoying. So, uh, what to you, Jay? 
I know the blue blood conversation, you and I probably feel very similarly about it in that titles before integration <laughs> is its own thing. Texture pointing out, by the way, something that I got totally wrong. Isaiah Thomas not being in your top five for 80s college basketball players was stunning. I agree. Um, because you are he was he played he played two years at iu and you know everybody else that i that i mentioned played you yeah know, three or more yeah. at least three years yeah, he yeah. Was, that's fair enough um, his first his first year was the start of 19 his first year was the last year of the 70s the blue blood thing as once you're in it you're just in it right it doesn't matter that indiana stunk for the last 20 years right they were one of those early great programs with mccracken and knight right that's they don't get pulled out of that tier right I was surprised that, you know, IU was in that second tier, but, you know, reading, you know, the reasoning behind it, I get it. You know, they haven't gone to the final four in, you know, more than two decades. And, you know, everybody else in that, everybody else in that tier is, you know, obviously made final four ones, final four runs and well outside of UCLA, but, you know, final four runs and won a national title, you know, UCLA had that run of three straight, you know, and from 2006 to 2008 of final fours, but, you know, I use, you know, being in that second tier surprised me a little bit, like I said, until I, you know, read the reasoning. Um, you know, the Gonzaga thing is interesting. You know, I know they've been a really good program for the last 25 years, but they, 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 they've played in two title games. They haven't won a championship. I know they win like 30 games every season, but, you know, they – their conference has gotten better the last couple of years. You know, they, they'll probably lose once to St. Mary's, you know, maybe lose a game to Pacific or something like that. But, you know, Gonzaga doesn't deserve to be in a tier, you know, by itself ahead of, you know, like Arkansas and Georgetown and Michigan and Ohio State. You know, I, I just I just don't or Marquette you know, or Michigan. Yeah, or Marquette or Memphis. Excuse me. Yeah, there's tons of teams on that list. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I know Baylor doesn't have the great history that, you know, a lot of other programs have, but Scott Drew's been there two decades already, you know, won a national title, you know, Final Fours, you know, deep runs and stuff like that. So, you know, for them to be in the fourth tier, you know, was interesting to me too. But yeah, the the big my biggest takeaway from this is, you know, just, just about Gonzaga, you know, being in a tier by themselves, which was, you know, just <laughs> didn't, to me, didn't make any sense. Um, your opinion of of turnarounds and programs? Do you think the well Jerome Tang, well Tommy Lloyd? Do you do you think those arguments are more solid than what's happening with some folks around here who want to give Kenny Payne more time to kind of build his way and do his, things his way around here? Or do you think the Tang and and Lloyd comparisons are, are outweigh what people think should happen around here if they make the argument that Kenny Payne should get a bunch of time? Um, I, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, Jerome, this is, this is his second year at Kansas state last year. They got to the elite eight, you know, he, that was his, that was Jerome Tang's first year in Manhattan. And, you know, they, they finished third in a tough league, the league that I constantly say is the, you know, best league in the best league in the country. You know, he was at Baylor with Scott drew for about 20 years. That team, you know, won 26 games. They, you know, were, like I said, a top three team in, in their league that, you know, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I mean, yeah, you know, sometimes I think you know Kenny Payne should get some more time, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, with you know, we're talking about the athletic. The biggest thing that I took away from that athletic story on you know Louisville before yeah. the Kentucky game was you know just the economic the, the economics of it. Yep. You know, Barstool was being empty and things like that. You yep. know, traffic and stuff like that. How that how how that part's affecting you know the area as a whole and not just the basketball program and. 
you know, when that, when that happens, you know, there, there's people in the business community of all of these towns, you know, from, you know, from Waco where Baylor is to Lawrence, Kansas, you know, who have say so in how these things go. And, you know, I think that's probably going to be, you know, one of the deciding factors in, you know, whether, you know, Kenny has that Kenny Payne keeps that job, you know, you know, longer than, you know, the rest of the season. All right, well, he's Jay Davis at Jay Davis underscore 1981, first-gen sports for all of his stuff. Uh, good luck uh, reading up on the Eclipse Awards. Jay, we'll talk to you next week. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> How about that? A little Eclipse Award talk uh, with Jay Davis. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, Lou. All right, there we go. A little Jay Davis, uh, as he is every Thursday with us here on uh, Rabo and Co. And just a reminder, as we get to the end of the show here, it's time for the parade in Pasadena tradition meets college football in one epic bowl game. And that, that uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, they can make every play count. New customers, you can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for just betting $5 on college football. We've got that Rose Bowl coming up, some other games going on as well today. Uh, BC, SMU, some real cool options right now. In-game uh, plays, got the Pop-Tart Bowl tonight, NC State and Kansas State. And, of course, Arizona and Oklahoma down there in Texas tonight. Something for everyone. Money lines, parlays, live bets, so much more. You name it. They've got it. So download that app now. Use the code WHPE. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code WHBE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS. Physically present in Kentucky. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms we will be the uk pregame show tomorrow here we will have the game for you at noon round daddy will follow that uh tomorrow with the post game as well zach we're going to miami tomorrow for horse racing we'll talk some golf stream ahead of the weekend as they start to get into the heavy part of their championship meet did rain a lot the last couple days so they've been on the tapita off the turf but the dirt racing is what we care about in preparation for the kentucky derby and the kentucky oaks we'll talk about all of it tomorrow here on Rabo & Co. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you can go back to the Podcast Center, ESPNLouisville.com, or on the app and find it that way. My name's Louis Rabo at uh, Radio Louis on Twitter. Rabo & Co. We'll be back at 10 tomorrow. Hey, we hope you are, too. Have a great day, everybody.